Hey guys, welcome to Seize Your Mind, the podcast about soccer, mental toughness, and life. This is your host, Brandon Stone, and I have with us special guest, Kevin Quartain, a good friend of mine from London, England. Um, Kevin played in high school at Highgate Wood in London. He also played for Leighton Orient. He played college at Rogers State University in Claremore. And then he went on to play pro in Australia. He started at Mazenod and then dropped down to a league to help Borondora Eagles win the championship. And this would have been his second season, but we're on pause for Corona. So, Kevin, how are you? I'm good. I'm very good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Anytime, anytime. Um, you and I have been good friends for a while now, about, what, four or five years, maybe? Five, five, Something yeah. like that, yeah. So I've watched Kevin play many games and uh, have even worked individually with Kevin um, mm. on some mental stuff. Um, but I want to just kind of learn how you got to where you are now. And, and uh, so what was it like in London learning to play soccer and what got you like interested in the sport? Who so originally I wanted to be a basketballer, <laughs> but uh, in London, everyone used to say, like, if you're not American, you'll never be a basketballer. So, my cousins played uh, football, soccer, um, so I used to play with them all the time, basically. And because I was like the smallest, I learned different attributes from them just because my age group didn't really play tactically they just kicked around so I got started through my cousins basically playing basketball basketball changed to uh soccer because yeah and then changed to soccer okay so what made you like really fall in love with it um I don't know basically when I used to play soccer I just felt at peace if that made sense like just kicking it, learning new skills, uh, team bonding stuff, and then, like, scoring. <laughs> like, goals. Scoring. Like, that was, like, the icing on top, I think. It was just, like, playing, 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 then you score a goal. It might be the match winner. It might be a goal that equalises. And it was just, like, oh, my God, like, I was made to do this. If that made sense. Yeah. So that was it's it. a great feeling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, when did you realize that not only were you kind of better than a lot of the people you were playing with, but were also realized that you can, if you put your mind to it, you can get really good? Oh, I think when I was like 12, around about 12, uh, I started noticing that I was like quicker than most people more physical than most people. And like, uh, when I was playing like in high school equivalent, um, loads of people were like just coming out to watch me, like parents, uh, other students. And I was like, at the time I didn't know what it was. I was just thinking, oh, my team's good, we're winning. But like, they came out for me. So I think around 12-ish is when I realized that, hey, I'm actually good, good, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. That's great. That's great. So, 
Yeah, already had a following from a young age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So, what was it like playing in, in high school? Oh, high school was the fun days, really fun. Uh, I had a great team. Um, three of them now are actually pros. Uh, so, it was just fun just because we, most of us, went to um, school before high school together. So we knew each other already. So it was really fun. Um, I loved away trips because we used to be able to get out of school early uh, oh. to go play other teams. But high school was fun. Like I enjoyed out of everywhere. I think high school was always my, my peak for fun just because there was pressure. But at that time, you're just playing with your best friends. So, like... You're just you know, having fun. Yeah, like, and that was the time of, like, Ronaldinho and all of them. So you're just, like, on the soccer pitch, try to do skills with your friends, basically. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, everyone's just like, oh, my God, like, look. Like, it was just, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> can, you, can you remember your favourite goal that you scored in high school? Oh, my favourite goal... I played uh, Highgate Wood. It was versus Greg City Academy, which was our local team. Um, and basically, I didn't score the winner, but I scored the equaliser that took us to overtime. And all it was was a simple cross and a header. But I don't header. That's my one downfall. I don't header. So I don't know where it came from. My friend crossed it. And I just ran to the ball and just went, doom. I didn't, I closed my eyes. I didn't even know where it was. <laughs> but it went in and like, when it went in, everyone's like, he scored the header. And I was just like, oh my God. So like, for me, that was going to be like my, like, that was like my first header. So to me, that was like my always treasured memory. So yeah, that's my. So normally you would have just like trapped it and brought it down? Yeah, like normally try to do a volley, chest it down or like, Anything, but I don't know. Something said head off, so I just went, <laughs> just went in. Nice, nice. And then uh, you also played uh, to, with Leighton Orient for a little bit. Yeah, uh, I was at Leighton Orient. Explain to for those who are here in the states and grew up here in the states, like myself. Explain like the difference between that team and your high school team. Like, was that like a club? Yeah. Explain. So explain to. So Leighton Orient is your equivalent of a club. So like, like your Chelsea, your Man U. Yeah. So equivalent, uh, Oklahoma Energies, something like that. Okay. So, uh, something like that. Uh, so Leighton Orient at the time was League One. Um, they had the first team, second team reserve, uh, youth team, and then ages between eight up to 16. So I joined Leighton Orient when I was 13. Uh, then obviously got accepted into the youth team, which was sad but happy at the same time because uh, when you're 16 in London, basically um, you get reassessed, revalued. And basically it's like you have meetings with them and be like, oh, you are going to continue playing for us or we're sorry, we don't think you're as good or what we're looking for. You can go to other teams or blah, blah, blah. So I was there uh, 
until I was 17 instead of 18 for other reasons that we might get into. But um, late on it was much, I realized that soccer was more than just a hobby. It was going to be like your life, like your actual life. It was kind of strict though, you know. I never had the high school elements of just, this is always fun. It was more personal, like a loss was more personal because it meant a bit more because of the structure of that organization. Gotcha. You mentioned to me off camera before that you learned a lot of the mental stuff with that team. Yes. Explain, explain that to me. What was that like? So, um, so if you know me, <laughs> I'm kind of a hothead from time to times. And, uh, Sometimes I get really passionate in games, right? And my emotions will take over and I'll try to control it. But like, it's just one thing after another, after another, and I just lose it. So when I was at Leighton Orient, I got, you always get a mentor. So my mentor was Kevin Lisby, first team, all great, I guess. And he basically always told me that, remember why you started playing? You didn't play for the fame, the money. You played because it was fun. That's what soccer was about, was for being fun. So we done loads of exercises like yoga, stress balls, and like it helped, but nothing helped until he told me that. He said, whenever you're getting angry and all of that, just step back and just be like, this is supposed to be fun. That's why you're playing it. So that really helped and when you're angry it's not very fun yeah <laughs> yeah when i'm angry it's not very fun but i tried to control it over the years so yeah cool so just kind of remember that time as a child when you started and first fell in love with it is basically what he's saying because well, that actually helps a lot like i know it's like simple words and that but sometimes you know when you get fixated on one thing you lose the actual reason why you got into it you know it wasn't because you wanted to be the best or blah blah blah. it was it was fun at the time just kicking the ball with your friends it bonded people so sometimes I feel like the game gets put on a pedestal because of how many people get involved with it but it is fun like that's what it's supposed to be it was supposed to be fun so yeah, for anyone out there who gets angry like me, just remember, like, it's fun. It's supposed to be fun anyways. Yeah, there's a saying, uh, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I totally agree. So then you ended up at Roger State University in Claremore. How did that happen from London? Oh, so um, I went to a... Okay, we call it a college or a sixth form uh, in London. So um, after high school, we don't go straight to university. We have a either two years, sometimes three years, sometimes one year, but my one was two years. And it's either called a sixth form or college. I went to a sixth form. Uh, at the time, they were called Rushcroft sixth form. And uh, <laughs> funny enough, Ellis's dad 
was my coach. Uh, For those and- listening, Ellis was another player that played from from England that played at Rogers State. Yeah. So Ellis is that was my coach, and he teamed up with a guy called Brett and Mark, who actually owns Starbridge uh, Sports, and basically their company that allows aspiring athletes or soccer players, I should say, uh, to continue their journey abroad in America. So um, I was playing, doing very well. They were very interested in me and other players. And at the time, Scotty Parkinson and Derek Larkin were the coaches. And um, Scotty actually played with Brett because Brett was actually an RSU student a long time ago. And basically, they were like, we have this kid who I believe is the right fit for the team. So after I was playing, um, obviously, they want to see proofs of videos uh, and all of that. And basically, one thing led to another. And 2015, I got on a flight to uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Oh. I was about to ask, what was it like getting on that airplane? You know what, I, I, Derek Larkin and Scotty are great advertisers because I saw a brochure for the university and all of that, and I thought that I was going to be in paradise, which I was, but it was like, you know, like when something's so amazing, you don't even think about anything else. That was me for literally six months, and it was weird. Before, because- before even going yeah, because Claremore, as everyone knows, is the middle of nowhere. Only now it's starting to be developed. I came in 2015, so we never had no Chick-fil-A or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So, But it was a crazy experience for me because I was going by myself. I never... Obviously, I do stuff by myself, like playing with teams and going, but like it was actually just me. So it was crazy. I came with my sister because... Um, I just had to. I couldn't come by myself. But I was initially going by myself to my sister, tagged along. Uh, she, like, sent me off and all that. You know, dramatics. Uh, <laughs> it was a surreal experience. Very surreal. One moment I was in London. Next minute, I'm asleep, wake up, and I'm catching a flight to a place that I've never been before. Like, none of my family's been... Claremont before so I don't know but I trusted uh, Derek Larkin I trusted Scotty I trusted Brett and I just took a leap of faith and I'm very very grateful I did do you remember your very first game for RSU yes yes tell me about it I forgot who it was but I remember I came in and every single tackle or shielding action, I got either a caution or a foul against the opposition team. And it really frustrated me. Because in they're London, calling they're calling it against against you? Against me saying I was fouling the other team. Okay. So shoulder to shoulders shielding, everything was called against me. And it's because I was bigger. I I feel like I was bigger, but it was also because 
soccer in London, soccer in America is way different. Yeah. So it was it was a wake up call that you so everyone comes I have to put this out this. Every Londoner comes into this whole process of coming to America to play soccer as I'm gonna be the best there. I feel like everyone does. And you get a rude awakening because I believe that America is on the path to becoming as good or even better just because of the so many internationals that come in and help out the system. So my first game, very frustrating, like very, very frustrating, but I also appreciate it because I realised I couldn't do what I was doing back in London. I couldn't just be physical and rely on my natural uh, strengths, I call it. So um, we actually, I think we won that game, but it was no help for me. (laughs) 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 But that was a frustrating game, but I really like liked it because it showed me and it like made me say you have to change your game style. You have to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. That season was oh, that season. It's like yesterday. <laughs> so how much better were you at on your second game? Second game was better. I did not get no cards against me and I made I think one or two fouls, but it wasn't like Every single one. Yeah. So it was way, way, way better. Way better. I liked it. You adjusted quickly. Yes. Had to. Had to. I had loads of expectations. So had to. Cool. Cool. So you're RSC for four years. Yep. True freshman, they call it. (laughs) True freshman. What was your favorite goal at RSC you scored? I think I know which one it is, but I'll let you tell the story. My favorite goal was my first ever goal for RSU. Okay. It came later in the season of my freshman year, uh, which I'd given up hope uh, that I was ever going to score. Honestly, given up hope. I'd done everything in my power to score. Like, I think two games before, uh, I went around the keeper and I missed and then I gave up hope and then Mitchell, Niall, Timmy they were like you will score just let everything go and you will score and I was I was home and we had the breakaway and running by myself, running by myself, and I caught the ball on my left foot. Defender goes past me, take a touch, and I just curled it back post. And you recorded it. I don't know if- Was it the one where you were like falling? Yeah. Falling backwards? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I thought it was gonna be, yeah. And I don't know, in that moment, it was like, I don't know, magical. It sounds so cliche and stuff, but when you look back at it and all of that, it's just magical. It was like written in the stars, as people say, you know, and it was like the video got recorded. It went viral back in my hometown and it was just 
it was a great feeling just because I scored my first goal, but it was the reactions of other people. Like so many other people started messaging me like, oh my God. And like... It was a beautiful goal. And it yeah. So, it really and was. And it was funny because the commentator was like, Kevin Quarting. And like, that was everyone's thing. Like, Quarting, Quarting, Quarting. So, I don't know. It was just, it was amazing. Like, I liked it. It was just, yeah. <laughs> that's great. One thing that's important is, that you mentioned, is uh, how important your teammates can be and how important it is for obviously they did that to you, but you got to do the same thing back to yep. your teammates. Yeah. Yep. Soccer is a team sport. And I know as the years has evolved, so many people believe that it's just about them or like if they're better than the rest of the team that they carry the team and all of that. But in reality, it's not. It's got, soccer is not won by one person because that one person can't get the ball and go past every single player and score and keep doing it and keep doing it. It's your team from your staff and coaches, physios, to get you right. Coaches telling you what to do, blah, 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 to your goalkeeper, your defenders, midfielders, strikers. Like Soccer is actually a team sport. And then you have your fans which when things get tough, they lift you up too. So, yeah. Yeah. Were you known as the the guy who would encourage others on your teammate or were you kind of more quiet and reserved? And um, you, This is when uh, both at RSU and, and in Australia after, after you went pro. I believe I was a bit of both. Just... Uh, Depending on the situation, like I always had to assess every situation different because there's, okay, for example, uh, my sophomore year, there was a freshman that came in. I won't name his name so he doesn't get embarrassed. Um, but he came in thinking that it was going to be easy to. He was an American. Um, and he had to change positions just because high school – American high school and American college is very different. He wasn't ready to be the position he wanted to be, but the team needed him to be a different position for the team. So he was very against it, you know, um, and I had to sit with him and just be like, hey, I understand that you already had the plan coming in here because I did too however sometimes you just have to trust the process and do something for the team because I always used to say to people and I say it to my high school kids now is it's not oh so and so one it's your school one or your school lost so if you don't want to help the team it's not, it won't be, oh, you didn't. It'll be the team's fault. It's always the team's fault. It's never just a single person. So I would like to say sometimes I'm encouraging. So on, this, on the uh, pitch, when I'm playing, I'll try to do that extra tackle. I'll try to be like, 
oh, she's bald, blah, 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 just to, like, uplift people. But I can also spot individuals that might need a bit extra. So I try to be both. So about what you were saying just a second ago, so you win as a team, but you also lose as a team. Yeah. It's not individual. There's no I in team. Nice. Nice. So after you graduated RSU, tell me about the process of going pro. Ooh. So, um, Masnod, they was actually, so there was a guy who represented Masnod. He used to play for them. And then, obviously, when you get old, you have to retire at some point, uh, which he did, and he became a scout. And he was basically um, looking around, and he knew Brett again. <laughs> uh, they were very close, and Brett said, I have a striker, and I know you guys need a striker. Do you want to take a look? And he said, okay, let me take a look. So... Um, he basically saw my videos um, uh, after my season was done done. Uh, he contacted me through Brett and was basically like, hey, we're very interested in you. What what would you what would we have to do to get you over basically? So um obviously first thing everything can be an NCA uh NCA violation. So you go to your coach and your coach looks it all out. So obviously went to Larkin, Derek Larkin, and spoke to him about it. And he was basically like, you don't get this opportunity all the time, you know. So you have to do what's right for you, but you also have to graduate. That's That was the most important thing for um, my coach. So he was basically like, if you start the process of saying you want to go pro in Australia. If there's barriers in your way that can't be moved, then it's a sign. However, if the barriers are movable, but it will take work and that, then that's also a sign. So that was his way, complicated way of saying, I think you should go for it. So um, once I basically told everyone because uh, I knew I knew for a week before I started telling people because you know you don't want to jinx stuff and all of that so uh, right. uh, I had to basically take steps into going and the steps were kind of hard uh, because no one tells you about like immigration stuff and visas and all of that growing up so um, I had people willing to help me which was very helpful so the steps were from a scale from one to ten probably like a six but i feel like if no one helped me it'll probably be like a hundred because right. it's so complicated so um the process was very easy it was basically uh one person recommended me another person willing to give me a chance going to see me liking what he saw and then basically coming to me saying hey we want you, what can we do to get you here? And then the rest was basically down to me. Cool. So what was it like getting on the plane to go to Australia? Ooh, 26 hours flight 
from Tulsa to New Zealand, from New Zealand to Melbourne, uh, Australia. It was long. <laughs> At what point during that fight do you just like pinch yourself and like, is this real? I'm oh, really the whole playing time. pro. The whole time. The whole time. Uh, I was getting on the flight and it kind of gave me a flashback for me going to uh, America for the first time to come college. So it was like, I've been here before and that gave me a smile. But then it was like, but you haven't. You haven't. So uh, you do your pinches, you do your splash water in your face and all of that. But then you also say to yourself that you're ready. You know, I've done my four years of college soccer at a high level. You know, we played great teams, you know. So, again, I was just like, I'm ready sort of thing. Like, not everyone gets this chance. So, it's like, what are you going to do with it? So, you know, after the whole pinching, calling your mom, like, hey, mom, hey, mom. Uh, <laughs> You, you kind of like have to like not grow up but like kind of like okay like what's the next move sort of thing and that's I feel like that's what I've done you know and every so when we went to New Zealand it was a bit like <sighs> then talk to yourself again then when you went to the big so it was it was it was a funny experience I should say tell me about arriving to the club the first time walking in on that pitch Oh, we. That was okay. So, got off the plane, and we had I had this guy, kind of big, shades on, nice car, had my name out, and I was just like, you know, when you look around, you're like, that's me. me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so obviously you have to act professional. You know, you're like in your head, you're like, oh my god. You have to did you did you do this number? <laughs> no, 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 just <laughs> you just looked around, yeah, like made eye contact with like a random and be like, That's what That's okay. so obviously walked up to him. He introduced himself. He was like, uh, "The club's really happy to uh, finally meet you in person." Blah blah blah. Then they took me out to eat. So after they took me out to eat, they were like, "Are you tired? If you're not, we can like go see like." the other people, uh, the training facilities, blah, blah, blah. I was tired, but not tired because my flight was so long. But like so much excitement, I knew I wasn't going to go to sleep. So I was just like, I want to go see the facility. So I went and saw the training ground, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> like pretty awesome. They trained on Astro uh, and they also had the grass pitch, but they, they liked the Astro pitch. So uh i went there i saw the weight room uh i met the other people on the board and stuff uh i met the president the next day but i like spoke to him on the phone and stuff and it was just like you see fifa the little gameplay mode and like you're just it felt a bit like that which obviously i wasn't complaining but it was just like now it's like oh my god you're here there's no turning back. Like, there's literally no turning back. And again, I felt by myself again because I went by myself this time. But they, the process on their behalf was amazing. Like, they really settled me in. 
Did you feel right at home from the get-go or did it take some adjusting? It took some adjusting because I had the great bond with my RSU people. Uh, but most of them were rooting for me or all of them were rooting for me. So like I kind of had to dive in and that. So uh, they made me feel at home, but I didn't necessarily feel right at home like in the first couple of moments because just because uh the boys have been together and I was like the new kid so yeah <laughs> yeah I'm sure it didn't take you long to no I scored on my first uh debut <laughs> did you yeah I scored and assisted on my first uh debut uh it was a cup game uh it took me, how long did it take me? I think it was like 67th minute or something like that uh, to score. Then 69th minute or 70th minute, something to assist. Then, yeah. then. Walk me through that goal. What was that first goal like? Um, pressure was lifted. That's, that's like, once I scored, it was like, this whole pressure just went, whew. Like, and it was like simple. Like you, pro- you proved yourself. Yeah, yeah, because it was like head coach was there, other players were there, the opposition team kind of knew about me because like they made it a big deal. So it was like everyone was expecting something, you know, they were expecting something. Like you can't just be the new kid and just walk in and no one notice you. So um, there was a guy called Hammer who I clicked with just like that. He plays a bit like Jordan Watson. So um, I envisioned Jordan when I was playing with him, which kind of sounds weird, but it worked for me and it got me a goal and assist. So uh, nothing spectacular. Long ball over, set it. Uh, we play a one-two, up my run, keeper comes out, slide it near post. That was it. That was literally it. But it so was... You- so you lived up to the hype. Yeah. There was a lot of hype. Yeah. You we're worried about not scoring and not living yeah. up to the hype. But so once you'd scored, yeah, once I scored, I became, yeah, I became a bit like, ah, I'm here now. <laughs> all is all is well. I'm here. So <laughs> yeah. And that's interesting that you, what you said about um, envisioning Jordan that that's actually a pretty smart technique you didn't even realize you're doing just like would that would probably make someone who's just getting to a new team if they you know see different players with similar characteristics to guys that are friends that they're used to playing with if they envision like you know use their mind and imagination to just envision like you're back at home yeah I'm sure you'll play better yeah that helps a lot it really does. But I didn't, I didn't, at the time, I didn't like see what I was doing. I just feel like it just came natural. Just yeah. because I think it was more so because they really played alike. So I was just like, oh, Jordan. <laughs> so yeah. Lucky I didn't call him Jordan though. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of your greatest. Um, qualities as a player is your ability to protect the ball yeah. that I've noticed at least. Um, how did you develop that skill and 
what advice can you give to someone who's trying to learn to protect the ball better to be even better at it? Oh, so do I know how I like develop that skill? Yeah. Okay. Um, as I said, I learned playing soccer uh, through my cousins and where I grew up, we didn't all have like a field or back garden. So we had cages, which was basically concrete and metal walls, basically. Um, so we played there. And when you play cage football, there's no referees. The referees are basically the players. So if they deemed it as a foul, they'll call it. If they did not, get on with it. So um, I hit the ground a lot, a lot, because I'm playing with older guys. Uh, so I hit the ground a lot, and basically it got me tougher, but also got me like you need to be stronger than the other person because I hate going on the ground and like raising my knee and stuff like that. So that was just how I started. And then how I started, because obviously cage football, some elements can transfer to actual football or soccer. Sorry, I keep going between No, football is fine. When I went to like Leighton Norin and other, my uh, high school and Rushcroft, you can't do cage football because obviously there's a referee now. So if they see you barging the guy, not shoulder to shoulder, you're going to get called against you. So, Leighton Oren, I think, is the way our coach, he was somewhat of a, a perfectionist. So, <clears throat> if he saw something and it wasn't right, he'll pause the whole drill and be like, that's not the correct way. This is how you do it. So, when I came, I came with raw cage football stuff so I'm out here just trying to barge everyone like a bulldozer and he was like stop like don't you understand if you don't do it shoulder to shoulder and it's like you lean in their back or you start grabbing them and all of that it's a foul and at the level that we were playing at if you gave someone a set piece they're gonna capitalize on it like some people were like free kick specialists. So he had to take that out of my game quickly. So <clears throat> um, he just taught me like different skills. So I always used to think if you're strong here, like chest, arms, that's how you're going to like be able to barge them. And there's some truth to that, but your strength comes in your legs. So if you've ever watched me play, I shield stuff with my legs uh, just because that's the way that I got taught and it really worked for me. So with your arms, if you extend your arm, that is in London, I don't know, actually over here as well, that is a foul. Yeah. So if you extend your legs, that's not foul, is it? So if you can protect your, um, <clears throat> your body with your legs, most soccer players, they're the most strongest in their legs because that's our key um, thing that we use. Yeah. So I used to shield balls with my legs. Then obviously, as you got older, 
you start being able to do it with your hands and that. But for me, <clears throat> I started cage, learned how to do it. Then I perfected my art through a series of clubs. Then later on, it just kind of gave me the package. And you'd, you'd get pretty low to the ground too, right? Yeah. Uh, just because, let's say the guy's bigger than you. If you're already low to the ground, all you can do is just dive. Everyone hates saying that, but you dive and basically it's a foul against you. But if you're upright, they can go through you quicker than you. The more low you are, the better if you want to turn while they're trying to uh, nudge you off the ball. you you got a better sense of gravity to actually perform moves under attack or under pressure so i get low to the ground just because it helps me lock my legs into a stronger position and also if i feel like their nudge can also become a like a way for me to move into a uh, move out of a situation or move into a better situation it helps me because i've got better low center of gravity to actually perform that move rather if i was up right Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I remember back uh, when you played at Roger State, one of the things you would talk about that we kind of worked on, I want to share with the podcast people, um, you talked about having tunnel vision sometimes and developing, taking off those blinders. Um, what was that process like for you of getting better at that? And what was it like when you when you did have the tunnel vision and then how'd you get a little better at that? I feel like I most of my tunnel vision was caused by pressure of wanting to win, wanting to be better than everyone else. So it was just like if I had done everything myself or I felt like I could do everything myself. But obviously, you helped me a great deal. Um, coach helped me a great deal. My players helped me a great deal. And it was basically, I got tunnel vision. I believe that I got tunnel vision at that stage because I didn't trust everyone within my team. You know, and it wasn't because I didn't think they were good soccer players or blah, blah, blah. It was because I always felt the pressure like, oh, that's Kevin. He hasn't scored in a while or he hasn't done something in a while. So I'm like, oh, okay, let me do something, you know. And it wasn't until our sessions and um, coach always telling me, like, you can't do everything by yourself, stuff like that. And I was just like, I pass. Like, for example, if I pass someone the ball, right, and I wanted it back, so I'll say one, two. Sometimes I'll pass them the ball and they wouldn't do a one, two for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And they'll try to do something and then they'll lose the ball. That would frustrate me. So the next time I have the ball, I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to pass you. I'm going to try and do it myself. But as you get older, your legs start <laughs> deteriorating, I should say. So you're not like... You can't always do everything yourself. So our sessions helped a lot um, in terms of like trusting my teammates, which 
ultimately just like from this started going like that, like that, like that. And then to the point it was just gone. Like I'll just pass you the ball without even thinking. So uh thank you in that aspect. And so it's kinda of like giving up control. You wanna to- Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, that's basically it. I got tunnel vision because I wanted to control the game. I wanted to be like the star guy and all of that. And I think also it's like we got a lot of good players on our team, you know. So sometimes I feel like if you feel like you're not doing enough or someone's not saying your name, you kind of feel overshadowed. So obviously everyone loves it when someone's like, oh my God, he's a great player, blah, blah, blah. So I feel like in the game, you get clouded. So instead of like passing to your friend that could basically allow them to score or they're in a better position than you, you don't want to do that because you want people to be like, oh my God, he dominated the game. He, but as I said. You want the glory. Yeah, but soccer is not a I. It's a team sport, so. Yeah, I think once, I definitely saw an improvement in you and once you did start to pass it more, the team started to win more. Yeah. Let's talk a little about some uh, some of the mental aspects of the game. Where does your confidence come from? And have you ever had low confidence and it gotten better? Um, or have you always been a confident player? Tell me about how confidence... Uh, confidence comes... For me, confidence came by... People, well done, um, like remembering who I am. So like, for example, um, Midwestern State, when we played Midwestern State, the team knew who I was, like the team knew who I was. And for me, Midwestern State was like, for me, I believe, me personally, I believe that was the best team we played. So for them to acknowledge me, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy <laughs> but uh, so for me that's where my confidence came um, the lowest point that I was where I didn't really have confidence was my freshman year uh, just because um, as I said I had to change my game style a lot just because it wasn't working and I came in as a striker but I wasn't scoring and it wasn't like I wasn't scoring because I wasn't good enough. It was like, I just couldn't score. So it was like, you're good enough, but you can't score. So what the heck is going on sort of thing? And it's like, after a certain amount of games that you haven't scored, you could be assisting and all of that, but you came in as a striker. So that started eating away so bad, like so bad. And, and it's kind of like a catch-22 because, like, the less confidence you have, the less goals you score, and the less goals you yeah, score, the less confidence like, you have. Yeah, because it's like my freshman year compared to my sophomore year. My sophomore year was just, like, every game Kevin scored or assisted or done something. And it was just easy. My freshman year, 
I tried so hard <laughs> to score and it was not working. And it was just like, my confidence was basically gone. Like, honestly, I feel like if I didn't score that, that year, I don't think I would have been able to come back because I would have just felt so depleted. Like, So that was like my lowest time. And how I get confidence, obviously by scoring. You know, uh, the team winning, that always boosted my confidence. Um, and it sounds so, like, dumb and that, but, like, people saying good job or, like, I noticed what you've done, you know. So, for example, Chris Souder, this guy would run. This guy would defend for his life. And he didn't want nothing like he didn't like he didn't want nothing but it's like I always had to tell him like well done or I noticed it and I I feel like it made a huge difference to him you know because if I was in his shoes and I was working my ass off and say I didn't score nothing but someone just came up to me like any anyone I was like I know what you've done well done that to me, that is a goal to me. So that's a confidence booster for me as well. So tell me about doing work off the pitch. What keeps you motivated to, to, to get better, to grind, to grind it out? Oh, wee. Uh, I hate that I'm going to say this, but Jordan Watson. Jordan Watson made me want to be better just because he had this drive and it was just like insane like insane which became infectious because it's like you know like when you're not doing something and like your teammate is out running or practicing shots because he wants to be better and like obviously you try to put it back in your mind like oh he just wants to work hard, blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't have to. And then the next game you play or the next training session, he is on fire and you're just lacking. And then you start thinking to yourself, what happens if I went out with him that day? So for me, it was that. Also, it was when we lost games or even if we won and we struggled and... Larkin would lose his mind and he would just be like even if we won but we didn't win like like we should have won by a margin or we didn't win nicely or if that's even a word he would just be upset you know and it was like you have to sit down and look at yourself and be like hey did I do everything in my power to achieve the goal even if we won, that's the thing. Even if we won, or it was like, okay, you won, but did you? Could you have been better, basically? And I feel like when people start asking themselves that question, if you love the game and you love your teammates and that, you're gonna do everything in your power to be better, which means grind. You know, some Scotty, I think it was Scotty. He said, talent takes you so far, especially in America. Like, 
everyone plays football at college level because they're talented, but that's not what takes you beyond. It's your work ethic. It's everything else, basically. Because, obviously, everyone's talented. So what makes you stand out, you know? So I think that's what helped me. Jordan, Larkin, losing, winning, but winning badly. So, yeah. Just realizing that maybe I didn't give it my all. I can give it a little more. There is, I'm not living up to my potential, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Just being honest with yourself about that, too. And then seeing that, well, it's obviously paying dividends for Jordan if he's doing the extra work, and then you see the very next day the results. You're like, oh, I should have done that. I can do that. Why am I not doing that? Because I choose not to. Let me choose to do it. Well, Kevin, this has been a great talk. I think this is a good place to to wrap up. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for all the the stories and wisdom and knowledge you've shared. (laughs) Thank Uh, you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's been an honor, and I hope to see you playing again pretty soon after this uh, (laughs) corona thing's going on. So um, while you're here, you're in Claremore now, you're coaching some? So... um, I'm in Claremore uh, still, um, came back. Um, I was the assistant coach for uh, Claremore High School. Um, my predictions, I wanted to go state. That was my biggest thing this year. I wanted to go state with them. And we were, I believe we were on track, you know. Um, and I also wanted them to enjoy it, pass it and enjoy it. So um, hopefully, after everything's done, I think the season's over for everything now. But we go again next year, basically. And, yeah, um, that's the thing. So this is my predicament right now. I still have offers to play, right? But I don't know if I want to play anymore. And it's not because um, I don't think I'm good enough or stuff like that. It's just I feel like as you get older other stuff start becoming equally as important or surpasses it, you know. But in the back of my mind, I always have, like, so many people will wish, dream to get the opportunity you have to play. So I don't know. Right now I'm just torn into Yeah. Torn into Well, you'll have to check it back in with us and – in a few months and see what how Kevin is doing. Um, <laughs> we'll do, we'll do. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for your wisdom, helping me throughout the years and being on your podcast. Thank you, thank you. Have a good afternoon. You too. Bye, folks. <laughs>